Come on. You just, Hello, just, <laughs> my trippy pterodactyl. Oh, that's brutal. I could think of so Are many better serious? ones. So many better ones. Why? Trippy doesn't rhyme with pterodactyl. They just both start with the same letter. That's it's, it's what they have to do. You don't have to rhyme it. You just have to make sure that the first oh, letter. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You haven't been rhyming them. No. Right. Hello, my <laughs> trippy pterodactyl. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it'll do. Me neither. It'll but, do. You know. Hey, n- not all of the intros can be perfect. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. It is what it is. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bow. And today's just us. We're, we don't have any guests. We, we ride in solo. Yeah, alone. Wow. It's uh, weird, our comfort zone, huh? Uh, what? It's in our comfort zone. We're pretty yeah, comfy. Yeah, I guess we, we talk to each chilling. other all the time. I feel like we would have had this conversation anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good one. There's a lot of funny stuff in this episode. Steffi's WWE story, her tryout, uh, her promo, all that good stuff. Me falling down naked in an argument we had in Colombia. Uh, what else? Funny stories. All, just, all, just funny stories about all, our relationship. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff like that. Um, also... We are going to be doing a giveaway starting now, every month. We're going to choose one listener. And we're going to give you uh, a free care package from Hybrid Apparel. So all you have to do to be entered into that is tag, take a screenshot of the podcast as you're listening to it, uh, post it in your story on Instagram or a feed post, don't care either one, and tag us at Hybrid Unlimited. And uh, you could get hooked up with some really cool hybrid equipment Mm -hmm. or hybrid apparel uh also this podcast is brought to you by go strong equipment it's we're getting into that getting close to post corona life which is kind of nice and uh i think whether you're going back to the gym and you want your gym owner to step it up and get some real good equipment or you're sick of the gym and you realized uh, you want to be a hermit and build your own home gym uh we're kind of in the middle on that point you know so i think it's a good idea either way Hit up Go Strong Equipment. Get them to make you something awesome. Custom. We, we just had to make chrome stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Shine, so shiny. You can use it as a mirror. Mm-hmm. They'll do anything. Any color. Any, you know, if you, you have specs on something you want them to build custom, they'll do that too. They are really just the best. And the people behind it are also the best. Mm-hmm. And that's important to us with anything that we promote or get involved with. So check them out at Go Strong Equipment on Instagram or GoStrongEquipment.com. Enjoy the podcast. They see me rolling. They hate it. I hate that. Why? I don't know. It's like when somebody sings the national anthem and they just hang on to notes way too long, and you're like, (laughs) "We get it. We all know the song." Like you're laying it on a little thick. Like you're a good singer, right? That's why they chose you at the sporting event to sing the national anthem. It doesn't mean you have to freaking do ten seconds of. Uh, so what you're supposed end. to just like not give it any of your own twist no give it your own twist but i mean look every song that comes out they're giving it their own twist they don't have to like go crazy hanging on to notes like i don't know why that became a thing with national anthems like <laughs> oh say can you see for 10 minutes we're all waiting there like let's watch the game you know but you cry every time you listen to a national anthem i do yeah maybe there's something to that well not any national anthem I'm like I'm not gonna like listen to the national anthem of Ukraine and. It's not just tears. about listening to the national anthem, but say that you go to the Olympics and the person who won is from Korea. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're moved, yeah, by the experience, then I will 
also be moved by yeah. the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hidden and I cry like babies when we listen to the anthems before hockey games. Oh man, I know. Especially because they they always they like make it a huge thing now. Where it, before it used to be someone who was good at singing would just come out and sing the national anthem, and then everyone would move on with their lives. Uh-huh. But now they're so elaborate. It's like, oh, let me just get this guy who's been away over in Afghanistan fighting a war, and his family hasn't seen him in ten years. The first time he sees and the his first time they see him kid, is kid, and the kids like wearing a baseball hat, and the, and the dad's wearing the same baseball hat. Because it was their favorite team. Yeah. And then they they freaking sing the national anthem together. It's like, okay, yeah, you got me. That's the most, that's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but what was the point of it, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm there to go see sports. I'm not there to freaking be sad. But it, no, but, but you're happy. Time, you're happy. Nice. You're moved. It's, it, it's a very warm and fuzzy feeling, isn't it? It is. And it makes also the sporting event feel like it's something bigger than it is. Like yeah. it's got some sort of bigger meaning or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's why I wanted uh, to start playing the national anthem in powerlifting, powerlifting meets. meets. Yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't. Exactly. That's an important part of sport. You know, you know what's cool? What? In uh, hockey games on in like border cities, they always play the U.S. and the Canadian anthem. Yeah. So like, if you go to watch the Buffalo Sabers play, I like that. A lot of America or a lot of Canadians play there and go across the border to watch those games because they're like a quarter of the price as going to a Leafs game, uh-huh. which is like the most expensive tickets in the uh-huh. league. They honor, they honor the spectators and the players. Spect. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Hey, so the last podcast, we were talking about all kinds of nonsense, but we left off saying that at some point, we said the next episode, which was a lie. I think we've done like three since then, but <laughs> I feel like we should at some point get back to it because we said we would, which is your WWE story. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't even remember how you got linked up with them but for the listeners Steffi uh got recruited by the wwe and did a a training camp with them and they wanted you yeah and well well, i don't want to take over too much of the story but i think it's a cool one i think you should yeah so it all started with sarah logan Mm, right yeah so sarah rowe so Sarah Rowe, known as Sarah Logan in the WWE, mm-hmm. she actually she reached reached out to me because she wanted to for me to help her with her weightlifting and powerlifting. Right. She's she she was into strength training, weightlifting, and she wanted to get better at it. She wanted to look for someone who understood uh, obviously those two sports, but also sports performance in general, like how it would affect her wrestling. Right. And that's kind of how I I got introduced into the world of wrestling. Obviously, I knew about Lucha Libre because that's kind of what's more popular in, in, in Latin America. Is that like the movie Nacho Libre? Is it? Nacho! I hate when you do that, Nacho. <laughs> do I do that often? Yes. I feel like that's the first time I've ever done no, it. No, bro, you do that often. <laughs> Caesar, have you ever heard me do that? He's never you heard me. You can ask Caesar. Caesar's not here 112% of the time like I am. Okay, 100%. he's here a lot of the time. He's like eighty percent of the time. But you you also don't say the silly things that you say when you're just with me. Dude, I will let my silly goose fly in front of Caesar. I don't okay, care. I'm telling you, you said <laughs> why would I lie? You've said nacho <laughs> a bunch of times. I mean, we have been dating for five years, so you know I've probably mixed it in a few times. Yeah, I mean, if I were to, you know. Say a number of times, probably it's around like maybe 15, 16 times that you've said it. That, you know, spaced out, that's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, over five years, 15, 16 times. Mm -hmm. 
So, it's not crazy. Yes, yeah, it's not. It's not. Okay. A, it's not but a but anyway, I hated the sixteen times <laughs> that you said it. That's the point. About the first time, <laughs> I was shocked the first time. <laughs> but it's just a movie line. I know, but it, they say Nacho, like the way you say it, kind of how you break your voice. Is super annoying. Nacho. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Honestly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we gotta. Get, I'm gonna get one of those staple buttons of yeah. just all the things that I say that annoy you. I would love that. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's confusing, but I'm because still gonna do it. I can't tell if you're trying to reverse psychology me or what, but no, because you know, the more that you do something or listen to something, the more kind of you get over it. So it'd be kind of you, like, you'll condition yourself yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah. You just sit in the room and do like ten and go. Oh. Yeah. Come on, give me one more, one more. Yeah. You know? Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to your WWE story. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't know much about WWE, and I didn't know anything about WWE as an organization here and kind of how serious they are and how well they treat their athletes and how professional they are and how organized they are and how well they pay. I had no idea of any of that. I mean, just I probably what I envisioned when I thought about, about wrestling was Nacho Libre. That movie <laughs> okay. probably, you know, people with masks and people with fun, funky costumes and, you know. The luchadors. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly didn't think much of it, but when Sarah reached out to me and asked me for help, uh, obviously I started looking more into, into the sport because I had to find a way to incorporate weightlifting, powerlifting into her wrestling and, and be able to work with her schedule. And which is crazy, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked. She, Sarah travels, I don't know, like 340 days of the year. <laughs> really? Like she's always on the road. Always on the road. Every week, every week, three, four days, she's on the road somewhere else, which is crazy for a match. Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, not even talk about the, the path to getting to a WWE. Like, it's it's rough. It's a hustle. I, I'm all, also good friends with Dave Batista, and he's told me about when he started in, w, in, in, right. in WWE. And it's crazy, all the things that they that they had to do. I mean, Sarah used to do, what are those fights called? Where, like, you, you like actually get hit and get all bloody and stuff they're they're the uh, equivalent of bare knuckle fights well, but there used to be oh i didn't i don't know about that but there, you, you know there used to be like a thing there were certain guys in wwe where they would ha- like have um razor blades that they would keep like keep i think yeah, and they yeah, would yeah. cut their own foreheads that, yeah that's the one i'm talking about to, to make them bleed to put on a better show you know yeah. they try to do it minimally but there are there are some guys if you look it up if you look up pictures like the guys that did it a lot are like their, their faces are destroyed. Like it looks yeah. insane. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I, I mean, Sarah, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think that's what she used to do, but some sort of like really extreme, some like underground, graphic version. underground wrestling. Sarah also lived, we had her on the podcast. So if you want to learn more about her, her story is pretty cool. She like lived in, in Japan and trained, uh, wrestle was it wrestling that she trained or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she talked about it it's really episode. cool but anyway like the the path to getting to a ww is crazy obviously you have you have to do all of these like amateur fights first and then you get a tryout and then you go to the performance center in tampa and then you do your tryout along with like 60 or 70 other people and it's it's a brutal tryout i mean you're you're training all day long you have two training sessions a day and one acting session and you do gym, so strength and conditioning. They beat the shit out of you there, and then they beat the shit out shit, shit out of you on the ring as well. You know. What did you have to do in the ring? Um, 
So, I mean, they, they, they want to see how well you move with me. It was a little bit different because I did kind of, I got, I, I got the in to the tryout thanks to Sarah and Dave. So I didn't do like the, the communal, uh, tryout or like the, the big tryout with everyone. So I got, you kind of like got to skip the, like the prelim show that you have something like they already knew you had something, yes, right? Yes. So you got they to skip were that interested. part. Yeah. They were already interested. So they let me do like gotcha. a one-on-one tryout. But the, but the way that they, so I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll speak for, I, I'll speak about my own experience. Um, but wait, where are they going with the story? No, I was, I, well, was, I, wanted, I was, I just wanted to hear about what you had to do in the ring. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell that part of the story. But anyway, I mean, I, it, it is just so interesting how, uh, just different the perceptions that we can have about a, a specific sport just based on where we grew up anyway. And, and I'll, I guess I'll get into their reaction from my family and reaction from like my, my friends from high school, from my Hispanic friends, Hispanic friends. As yeah, well sure. Afterwards. But anyway, so wait, go into that now and then let's dive back because yeah, I, okay. yeah. Cause I think that just in general, and I'm sure there's people who are listening who are like, just have a, a total misconception about what WWE is and like, yeah. And what kind of like, what kind of athlete and performance you have to Man, be able to put on. I'm telling you wrestling is so freaking hard. So demanding on your body. So brutal on your body. Like the amount of injuries those people have, uh-huh. they're, they're hurt all the time. Especially if you're all a the heel. That they have to, especially if you're a heel. So a heel is like the bad person or like the bad, the bad guy or the villain. The person that that people, the spectators want to see lose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause, cause in wrestling, it's a mix. You have to be a really good athlete cause you have to know how to fight, but fight under control. Cause you don't want to, you, you're trying to protect both yourself and the person that you're fighting against. So right. the way that you're throwing punches, the way that you're moving your body, the way that you're throwing them, the way that you're receiving bumps and, and punches needs to. What's you, a bump? A bump is, yeah, like when you like hold on to someone, like when you're first, it, I guess it's like hard to explain. It's when you do this one. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, like you grab each other, like yeah. around the neck, like yeah. that classic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Or like when, whenever you kind of connect with the other person. Gotcha. Um, where was I going? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the type of athlete that you, the type of, you have to be so talented as, as an athlete. And then there's the whole acting component, which is totally aside from your skills, your athletic skills. So you have to be able to speak in front of the camera. You have to be able to make the crowd love you. Cause that's what makes a wrestler successful. So it's, it's your kind of your charisma and how charming you can be towards the audience. Right. Right. Uh, and how you, you kind of, ex- there's a lot of factors, right? Yourself. Cause like most sports, like athletic endeavors in general, you know, if you're a really good hockey player, you can just be a really good hockey player and be the best guy and make millions of dollars, you know, or football or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, there's that extra component of having to be a showman in the WWE and, and now more and more so all combat sports. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you can't just like even Masvidal was saying. Remember, he's like yeah. he just flew under the radar, got all, like almost no opportunities. Was kind of like a UFC journeyman, and can, he didn't like to talk shit. And then all of a sudden, he was like, you know what? The guys who are talking shit are getting all these opportunities. I already have like the fight skill and background. Now I'll just talk shit. 
I guess. And, uh, and and it worked. These like that BMF title. They literally made a belt just for him and Nick right. Nate Diaz to, to because, fight for. Because I mean, I guess that that's the nature of sports, right? The whole point is entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment, baby. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I mean, the entertainment has to be there because who's otherwise why am I watching? Wanna, huh? Yeah, otherwise why am I watching? Right. If there's no entertainment, if there's no story, so the storyline, like that's huge. That's the problem with powerlifting now, right? There's no storyline whatsoever. There's no storyline. There's no rivalries for the most part. You know, there's no, there's because no crazy the, charismatic hey, people. Hey, well, there's very few of them. Hey, the powerlifting community is extremely soft in that sense. Like they're so hardcore with their, like, their lifting, but the second someone says something, dude, and I've even toyed with the idea of having a fake beef with someone, like literally it being agreed upon uh-huh. that I'm going to tell a girl, Hey, like, let's have this like fake beef. Community can't handle it. The community could not handle it. Like I would be destroyed if I said anything remotely bad you're, you're also, to another girl. You're also, I think too. Uh, visible and too popular to do that because it's no, like what do you no, mean? no. I'll, I'll explain why. I'll explain why. In the, in powerlifting. In powerlifting, yeah. Like for them, for this particular type of group, right? Because just look at like it, say it's two UFC fighters, right? And they both have a million followers, and it's this guy versus this guy, his fans versus their fans, mm-hmm. right? Imagine that in powerlifting. Now it's Steffi Cohen and her fans first. Whoever else in powerlifting who has ten thousand followers, you've got a freaking million. It's like this person's going to get destroyed. They're like they're just going to get hate mail all day long from your fans and then you're going to get in trouble for they're yeah. going to say for you sicking your fans on those people. It's just like you can't you you personally cannot so come across in a be, good light, I think. So it would have to be with someone who has the same amount of followers as me. And uh not like just followers, but also I think like influence. Cuz I think your influence is actually uh greater relative to the number of followers well, you have than a lot anyway, of people. Anyway, I, we, we both agree that, that a little like storyline and a little drama and a little, uh, a little, uh, f- competition, like vocal competition is good for spectators and it's good for the sport. But anyway, so that's part of the WWE. Like they, they create who, who's they, there's a group of what's his name? Vince. I think it's the guy who's like behind everything. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they essentially choose like what the matches are going to be, what the story is going to be like, who's a heel, who's not, if someone's going to flip from a, from a heel to a good guy or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, you, there's, there's just so many different components there for the people who are performing. I, I would, it's kind of unfair to say that when people say that, oh yeah, wrestling is just acting. Cause I think it's acting, like stunt acting. It is, but that's just one. Yeah, it is stunt acting, but it is just one comp- component. Like I'm telling you physically is extremely demanding. Um, it was interesting. So Ronda Rousey did WWE the year before I did my tryouts and she had, I think a year long contract and Sarah, she's good friends with her and she got to fight against her, uh, WWE. And, uh, she, she, she said that she was so like, it was so hard for her to, to not for Rhonda, for Rhonda to not actually hit her. Why do you keep looking that way? Huh? Why do you keep looking that way? See, this is pretty. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I could see that though, right? Like you, you, you spend your entire life like l- waiting, trying to like identifying, like literally making holes in people's defense a reaction for you to hit them. Yeah. 
you know, they're basically triggers. Like Kareem accidentally clocks yeah, us sometimes yeah. because he's like, well, well, like I'll let my hand drop and he'll just be like, yeah. I'm like ah, man. And we're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a reflex. But it is such a reflex for them. It's yeah. like and now, now you're going to tell them to try to hold back a little bit. Like I, I could see how that would be really tough. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I did the tryout and my I had to hide it from my mom for the longest time. Like my mom would be I spent the entire week in in, in Orlando. Right. Yeah. yeah. Spend the entire week in Orlando and my mom would be like, Hey, what you doing? I'm like, Oh no, in Orlando, visiting some friends. And, and they're like, and she was like, Oh, why? You, you kill me, man. You're 28 years old and you still hide stuff from your mom. <laughs> Caesar, can you relate to that? Hispanic people control, like Hispanic moms. Is it also a, they don't know how to let go. Is it, it's also might maybe a Jewish mom thing too. It's more right? Hispanic. I think it's Hispanic. It's Hispanic. It's Hispanic. Like they just don't know how to let go. Especially I'm the youngest of my siblings. Uh-huh. And so like for my mom, I'm still 12 years old. It's insane. I had more freedom as like a 10 year old kid, at least in my, my head. Then I have then, a 20 year old financially independent I used to just woman. be like, all right, mom and dad, I'm going to see some friends. See you tonight. And I'd come back later. No, my or mom. Not. My mom now. My mom nowadays is. My mom nowadays. She goes. I go. Mom, I'm going on a trip to uh, Turkey, and she's like, "When are you leaving?" And I'm like, "On Wednesday." Send me the exact dates. Send me your all your flight information. Send me the time you're getting there. Send me the name and number of the hotel you're going with, where you're going to the first, second, and third night, and who you're going with. Just Hayden. Okay, are you going with someone else? What's that person's number and name? I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him. She's just going to do a background check on them. No, I'm not going to call him. But just in case, if you and Hayden don't say, don't reply to your phone, I'm going to call your, your, your friends. Is that okay? And I'm like, okay. So anyway, I had to, I had to hide it from my mom for the longest time. Cause, cause I knew just, I just knew she wouldn't understand. Like mm-hmm. I knew she would think it's some sort of like another crazy thing. And lo and behold, <laughs> it's exactly what happened. It's exactly. It's exactly what happened. The second, the second she found out that I went to a WWE wrestling tryout, you know what she said? Me estás tratando, me estás matando, hija. You're trying to kill me. She's like, <laughs> she's like the motocross, the freaking soccer, the, the 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 crazy trips you take, the power, the lifting, the muscles, and now you're gonna do this to me. You forgot tattoos, also. Oh yeah, tattoos. That's a hot topic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so she, she 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 really didn't understand it and was really upset that I was trying to do that. And she her point of view was that it would ruin my reputation. Since I'm trying to establish myself as an educator and as a figure of authority in, 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 you know, the, the training environment, health and fitness. At first I was like, okay, I see that. I get that, you know? And then I thought about it a little bit deeper and WWE is acting. It is entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. So you play a character in WWE and then you go home and you be yourself Mm -hmm. the same way an actor plays a character in a movie or a show and then goes home. And is themselves. I agree. It's like if I play, if I were an actor and I played a rapist in a movie, it doesn't ruin my reputation, nor should it, right? No. Like you're just doing your job and then obviously rational people don't associate that with you. But for some reason with WWE, it's like so blurred. It's almost like they expect you to be in character all the time. Like if they come up to you on the street and you're Macho Man Randy Savage, you need (laughs) to be like all crazy or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
I guess I would have to talk to a diehard fan to see how they actually feel about the performers. You know, like what kind of... What I kind think they're all bought in. I think they're fully bought in. I think they... I but think they view they, them as athletes. Because the whole thing with WWE is that that the spectators are supposed to think that it's a real fight. And there's so many people who think... No, I, I don't think they're supposed yes, to. Yes. Yes. There's so many people who, who think it's like 1,000% real fight. I don't think so. I'm telling you there's people who think. Really? Yeah. It's impossible. No, I'm telling you there's people who think. Dude, I mean, it's just common sense. You get, I know, but so I'm People are getting nailed in the head with the chairs. Yeah, there's The fight is over. In, if a chair hits you in the head, that's it. That's the fight. How do they There's no that? fight. You got hit in the head with a chair. You're unconscious. Is that chair made out of like foam or something? I don't know. Or is it but a they real do chair? all sorts of crazy stuff. I know, stuff, but man. what's up with the chairs and the tables and stuff? I How think they're they? just easy to move Break? and they make like they like make loud sound. No, like because they're kind of like tinny, like light metal. You can, you know, I don't know. They That's catch crazy. air when you swing them, so they're not like it's not like a bat where you know you could accidentally clock someone's head off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so my mom was super against that. She just didn't understand. She thought it was going to totally ruin my reputation. Um, my sister was for it. My dad didn't understand anything. Like he didn't did. I don't think he even knows like what it like it actually is. And a bunch of my, actually my girlfriends from high school, when I was telling them the story that I went, did the tryouts, I was actually excited. It was right. such a, it was such a cool experience and it was, it was fun. And, and I was, I was seriously considering joining WWE. So um, when I was telling them the story and my experience, their initial reaction was like, why would you do that? Like, why, why, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why would I want to do that? It's such a cool experience. You know, like I'm into obviously into fitness. I'm, I'm, I'm in for whatever physical challenge you, you give me, I'm in mm -hmm. like wrestling. I'm in boxing. I'm in powerlifting, running a hundred miles. Like I'm in for all of that. I, I like the challenge, especially when it's something that I haven't done. So that's one thing. Second part, exposure, reach and acting. I'm into all those things. So I guess, I don't know. They just didn't, didn't understand what the appeal of wrestling in particular was, yeah. was for me or, or, or what, how I would be okay with in their eyes. It's like you're, you're, you're selling yourself like you're, cause I guess the idea that Hispanic people have about WWE in the States is like a bunch of like super done up girls with like huge tits and ass and like showing everything and like being really like vulgar and like not sexual. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's the perception they have. And that's, they, they didn't want that for me. Cause I've portrayed pretty much the opposite yeah and, and you're the the jewish venezuelan community is very conservative very, very conservative so i think but uh, that's a misconception and wwe yeah. and it, well it did used to be a lot like that but it's changed so much so much yeah, yeah like they're really they're really trying hard to recruit uh, people with like actual athletic backgrounds, like that actually used to fight or, or do some sort of uh, sport. A lot of the guys who are, who were at the performance center were like ex NFL players or some, uh, rugby players. There's, I don't know, baseball, you know, all sorts of athletes from, from different traditional sports, from traditional sports. Uh, some, some of which had some wrestling experience, maybe in like, you know, high school and whatnot. And some, some of which who didn't have any experience. Um, but yeah, so I went into a performance center and I went, actually went, went with Hayden and they didn't let you in. They were super strict. Dude, what, it was, was Trump in there? <laughs> What's with the security at these places? Like, no, you can't see our wrestling rings. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, they're like, really private. You can use your phone in there. Your clout didn't, really. didn't even work. I was like, I'm with her. 
you know, can I come in? They're like, uh, no, <laughs> no, you're not on the list. Yeah. No, super serious, like very methodical and like professional, uh, recruitment process for sure. So you go in, they first do a physical. So you sit down with their, with their MD, you know, they take your vitals, your blood pressure, um, you know, look at you in the eyes, whatever, saliva sample. I don't know what else. They look do. you in the eyes. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they flashed a little light in the oh, eyes. I thought they just, yeah, I thought you meant, they just, listen to your lungs. They're just trying to be romantic. No. <laughs> they listen to your lungs. They listen to your heart. They listen to you cough, et cetera. Then you go to, then they do a, a physical therapy evaluation. It was done actually by an athletic trainer. They just like check you out, make sure you don't have like broken bones or anything like that. Uh, ask you about your, your uh, past medical history and ask you about your previous injuries, blah, blah, blah. Then they, when you're cleared, you go in and honestly, it's, it's pretty cool in there. Like they have, you have everything because athletes usually spend all day there. Right. So yeah, the area with it, where the rings are, I think it was like, I want to say five or six rings. They have a central ring, which is where they do their, their practice. So they do the match practice before they actually fly out to do the match. Does NXT also do NXT, their, yeah. their actual shows there too? Um, their actual shows? No. No, sure? that's really? like practice. No. Oh, okay. They, I, I, I know that they were, or I don't know if they still are, but they were using it during coronavirus because like no one could. Right. Go, right. So they were using just that. pay-per-view, no spectators. Right. Cause, yeah. cause they can make that look like exactly like what it's going to look on the, on the TV, everything from, from the stage where you come out and the lights and everything. So they have that huge area and they have a gym area. The, the, um, the coaches are super cool and really not knowledgeable. And then upstairs they have all the kind of education and, uh, uh, like, uh, public speaking rooms. Okay. So there are rooms that you can go in and, and they, they have their own camera. So you kind of like click record on the camera, sit and practice either your promo or your interview that they do like right before the match. What's your, what's a promo for people who don't know? The promo is pretty much the, your introduction of your character. So you just, I don't know exactly, I don't know if there's like an exact kind of formula of how a promo should be, but I think it's just kind of an introduction of who you are and what the, what the, what the, what the fight is going to be about. Like, why are you there? Why you're fighting that person? What do you stand for? You know, who you are and kind of, like I said, trying to win the crowd. Like those are your kind of three minutes where you, where you need to three to five minutes where you just kind of have to convince the audience that you're the, the person that should win or that you're the you know, the person they should be rooting for. Right. Or if you're a heel, I guess it's your opportunity to try to make the crowd hate you. Right. If that's your role. Hate you, but love you. Like there's so many heels that have love a huge to hate. fan. Yeah. Huge well, fan base. Sarah and the riot squad were technically heels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people love them. Um, and then, yeah. So then you can go back to the room and it, it like immediately sends the video to a computer and then you can save them and scroll and scroll and watch all your videos. They also have individual files so that they can see how do they perform in the ring. That's cool. Like they have all their fights and videos and they have like history classes of, uh, wrestling. That's so so they cool. look at old videos, you know, they teach him, oh, this is this move. This is that the name of this move. This person invented this move. I don't know what else, you know, I wasn't many of them, but they do all of that and it's cool. It's, it's very professional and it's, it's cool. I would have, I would have honestly loved to do it for me. It was just a matter of it's the, the, the time commitment, you uh -huh. know, and, and, and just the amount of sacrifice that, that I would have had to do was, it was just too much. It was just too much. I, I was actually talking to Mark Bell and his brother who both 
Did, did his brother do wrestling? Not his his not his younger brother. His not brother the passed away. Yeah, the older one. Yeah, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Uh, but I was talking to Mark, and he actually he was warning me not to do it. That it's it's super tough on you. It's super tough on your love life, like your relationships. You're traveling the majority of the traveling time. Traveling all the time, and, and we had just bought a house, also. And it's really brutal. It's it's a grind, but it's but. I mean, I guess it wasn't worth it for Mark because he didn't really pursue it. But Dave was telling us that it, it's the best thing that he's ever done. Sure. Well, I mean, it, it is a, it's, it's a good is. stepping stone for athletes to go from some sort of athletics to WWE into, into acting. acting in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, I mean, that which was is exactly the, what Dave did. Yeah. That was the appeal, the appeal for me. But the sacrifice was way too much. I, yeah. We just bought a house. I have two dogs that I love. I have Bunch a boyfriend. Yeah. I have my, my businesses, my gym, all the things that I, that I genuinely love doing, like traveling, educating. Complete control over your time and place. Time and place. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just the idea of, of having to have a boss and having to, to stick to a schedule. Like you got to be here at 8am, you leave at 4pm, sure. just having to do all of that for an indefinite amount of time. Cause you don't even know how long you would have to do that for, you know, you can, you can be in the performance center for two years or you can be there for five. Yeah. And you don't a, know. And also it's, I feel like it's hard to go backwards in life. You know, it's like when you make a certain level of income, any income below that level feels like shit to you. It's the same thing with like, you're a boss in your own life to go back to the bottom of the totem pole and have to like work your way up and prove yourself to someone else when you've already had to like do that is, is a bit annoying. Yeah. For a job. For a job. I would do it for a sport. Yeah. I guess. But that's a job. It's like, it's such a weird gray area. It's kind of a sport and kind of a. It's a job, job sport. Yeah. It's a sport that becomes your job. Like you're. I mean, a lot you, of professional athletics in, are like that to some degree, but this is more so like that because they have so much control. So much. They have all control. When you join, I remember I saw a, uh, a picture of one of the guys who had just gotten in and to the performance center and to NXT. And they gave him a shirt that said property of the WWE. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be property of anyone. You know, like that's that's scary. But anyway, yeah. So they, yeah, so you did, you, just, you did your medical evaluation. You did your PT physical. Right. They kick your ass in the, the gym. The they kick room. your ass in the ring. Yeah. What's next? And then the, uh, <laughs> the promo. So we're sitting... For some reason, they put me in the class with all dudes. So it's like me and 30 or 40 other dudes. And I feel like I have a booger. Well, if you keep scrubbing know, your nose like that, my you're nose going is like really itchy. Hey, it looks fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're thanks. good. Right. Uh, so I'm sitting in the, in the acting class or I don't know what they want to call it with a bunch of dudes. And I didn't, no one told me I had to prepare a promo. Like I knew vaguely what it was. And I watched a couple of videos of people doing it, but I had never rehearsed one. And I'm sitting there watching everyone go. And all of a sudden, the person who was conducting my tryout, he he reaches, he taps me on the shoulder and goes, Steph, you're up in 15. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm up in 15 there? It's just like this elevated ring with like a spotlight in the spotlight in the spotlight in the middle with three cameras pointing at you, a whole uh, director team. You know, there were like 10 people sitting on the on a table right in front there that are controlling the audio and the lights and the music and the in the cameras and then people from the triad that were like watching. How many people were watching total, you think? So 10 there and at least like 30 or 40 guys. 
who are part of the, the NXT. NXT. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And did you have a microphone? Yeah, they give you a microphone. So anyway, I mean, I had 15 minutes to prepare. And at that point I was, obviously it's something that I'm not too, too comfortable with. Definitely not comfortable at all doing, cause I've never done it before. I've done some public speaking, but not nothing like that. And definitely not something improvised. You know, anytime uh-huh. that I've spo- spoken in front of people, I've, I've had enough time to think up more or less about what I'm going to say. Or, or it's something that you know inside out. Right. Or, or it's know. a topic that I'm comfortable you're talking speaking about. You're anatomy about. and you're, right. it's, that's all you do, you know? Right. Um, so anyway, I had 15 minutes to prepare. And so the way that I, that, that I went about it and, and I guess it was good. It was a good strategy to kind of remember the story that I wanted to tell, um, I kind of used, I, you remember that I can't remember where we, where we heard it, but it's like, in order to memorize things, you can picture yourself walking into your house and like you start yeah, like, yeah. it's a, it's a type of, uh, memorization of tool. to memorize. Yeah. Simon so, did it for a te- remember Simon well, was telling I used that it? for that, like Showed something to, to Simon Chang. I used that for something similar for, for, I used a similar way to remember kind of like the steps of the story. Okay. So I can't remember if I used my house or like just kind of like some sort of like route where like it was one, two, three, four, five, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But essentially I, I created a, my promo was all about, I don't know, how would you describe it? It was, it was like a twist, like an embellished version of your authentic story. Right. Which is the, right. that's what the best ones are. Yeah. So you were like, you were you made it kind of seem like you were this like guerrilla revolutionary, like, uh, uh, opposition to the corrupt government fighter from Venezuela yeah. who came over and, you know, that was your whole shtick. Yeah. Like I wanted to portray myself as someone who loves the grind, loves the challenge, never takes the easy, the mm-hmm. easy path, loves, uh, loves kind of facing fear in the face and loves the, the, the road less traveled. Doesn't give a shit what people think about it. Yeah, don't care about what people think. Like recognizes that I look different than than a lot of girls and that I behave different than a lot of people and that I think differently, but that's what makes me unique and and I don't really care about what people think about me, blah, blah, blah. And then the last thing I did was I I uh, took my shirt off and I had like a really cool bra underneath. I took my shirt off and I like flexed and was and was like asking the crowd if like what they saw upset them or like if they were disgusted by what they saw and then I was like, I don't really care. Like I'm going to keep doing what I do and I'm going to get what I want. And then I just like dropped the mic and left. Did you actually drop the mic? Yeah. I like dropped the mic and like that's, throw the that's gangster. I threw the shirt over my shoulder and like left. Didn't you get like a standing ovation? I thought, right. Yeah, I dude, thought like was, everyone they, stood up. They said and it was like, like the best one they've seen. Yeah. The guys were super The best impressed. first try they've seen. Yeah. Right. The best. For, I, I don't know if it was amazing, but definitely was a, it was an, it was a good solid first try at a promo you love, for you love that stuff too the spotlight is your shit i know i honestly do really well when 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 i'm when i'm putting pressure and in my head like when when he said you got 15 minutes to go i was like bro you either swim or sink or bro o corres, I, I, o corres o te encaramas. I, was, I was thinking it's like fight or flight right like you either have to you either fucking run back or, out. You, or you get freaking get eaten you know or you do neither of those things and you do really well Exactly. Which is what you did. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my, my point is, look, I have no option here. Like either I leave right now and I quit the, the tryout uh-huh. or, or, or I figure out how the hell I'm going to, I'm going to do this promo and like own it. You know, like you can go yeah. get up on that stage. When you, fr- when you frame it like that, it makes the decision easy. Right. You just have to go all in. 
Yeah, you cannot get up there and and and, and act all all scared and timid and and shy. Even though that's how I was actually feeling. Yeah. But that's that's where fake it till you make it is is it's so important. Uh huh. Yeah. What? Sometimes you fake it. You zone it. out. No, bro, you zoning out. I'm pulling a you. <laughs> You're boring me. I'm gonna go shopping on my phone. Am I boring you? No, I'm kidding. This is a good story. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just checking. You checking one? your phone? I don't know. No, no. I don't no, know what you're, you're doing over there. You're good. I'm on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, that's my WWE story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We got through it. But I mean, I mean, that's I mean, a that's, a, that's a, yeah. those promos, man. They're so uncomfortable. They like they must I, they must feel uncomfortable. But even watching some of them, I'm like, damn, those people must be so uncomfortable. Nah, you're not uncomfortable. Really? What if? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just used to watching those big red slash purple sweaty dudes screaming into the mic, and I'm just like, I'm kind of embarrassed. No, 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 they're not embarrassed. But hey, no, your whole life, well, our whole relationship together has basically been a challenge. Just putting each other in uncomfortable situations. Mainly me putting you in uncomfortable situations. I mean, well, you've, you've had a few. Well, actually, you know what? I've, our first our first trip to Nova Scotia was a bit of an uncomfortable situation. But I warned... I, what I, were you thinking about? Quite, I, quite honestly. Quite frankly, what were you... Quite frankly, well, quite frankly what were you thinking about? I feel like I was very straight up with you no, about no, no, what was happening. No, but no, you no, can no. tell the story and then I'll tell everyone how you're how you're wrong so he and i had just met here in miami and i think yeah you stayed here for i don't know 12 days two two weeks at most Mm -hmm. and then you left and because was that our first or second trip there it was our second because we first went to north carolina no Oh yeah, I came in to yeah, help coach but, you for the MDUSA trial. Yeah, but that doesn't really count. That doesn't, that doesn't really count. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, we saw each other in North Carolina. I think like two weeks after you left, uh-huh. or two or three weeks after you left, and then a week after I left, uh, I came back home from from North Carolina, and you went back home. You 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 asked me if I wanted to go with you to uh, Bridgewater to uh, Nova Scotia because uh-huh. you had a you had an apartment there, and, and I, yeah, I had planned on going out already. Right. And I just wanted like a little vacation for myself. So anyway, so he goes, well, you. hey, you want to come to to Nova Scotia? Already, I, I had no idea where Nova Scotia was in the map, but it sounded like very proper and like regal. <laughs> and I guess the way that I was already thinking about it, I'm like, oh, this, this, this freaking famous guy is going to take me to this <laughs> castle in Nova Scotia <laughs> or something. <laughs> this famous guy with 10,000 followers. Hey, that was, that was like a decent fall like decent sized following back then yeah 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 you, were you had 50k you were a celeb celeb yeah uh so hayden was like well yeah you know i i would love for you to come but just so you know there's there's nothing there's there's not much in the apartment you said there's not much i'm pretty sure i said it's empty <laughs> well i heard pretty sure i heard there's no much not much okay all right and so we get there and that this was before your parents uh, kind of renovated. So like, yeah. So they had had a. It's a. It's an they had old just, captain's house. They this had big just old mansion. Re- recovered it. Yeah, and it it it's this big old mansion. It has three apartments in it, and the person who lived in one of the apartments moved out, and instead of them re-renting it out to someone, they're the like, Airbnb. Let's just do. And they they said we'll take over that one, so right. we'll, we'll use it when we want to, and Airbnb it right. out when, so, we, when we don't. So that was right after that the, that person had moved, and it was had nothing, and it hadn't been like redone in a bunch of years, right? So, right. 
So I walk in and it's just like completely bare. No AC. Was it cold or hot? I can't remember. Uh, hot. It was very warm. It was hot. It was, it was moist in there. Yeah, hot, it was humid. it was hot and humid and like because it's on the ocean. And, and there nice was absolutely there was zero things in there. And then you pull out this this blow up mattress that was also from the age of the nineteen twenties, <laughs> and uh, we we blew it up. And every morning we w- would wake up on the floor. <laughs> like totally deflated, completely deflated. Like we were just sleeping on kind of like. I was a broken weightlifter at the time too, so I took me like fifteen minutes to be able to move properly every morning after lying on that stupid thing. Uh, but my dad kind of like saved the day, because eh? right? yeah. I I called when he, you know, I was like I, I'm like here with this girl, you know, and we're in this at the empty apartment. I was trying to not make it seem like it was like a, a crazy situation, and then he was like, I actually I at that time I had a pickup truck. I literally had just bought it, drove oh, yes. drove it off the lot, parked it in my parents' driveway, and then was traveling a bunch. So I I hadn't even actually I didn't even drive it off the lot. My dad picked it up for me. I just told him where to get it, and then uh, he's like, "Well, I kind of want to drive your truck." And they had so just moved from a bigger place to a smaller place. They had all this extra furniture. He's like, "I'll just bring down all the furniture." And remember one day you and he drove 24 hours straight and then we were out when he got there and we just come back in the whole apartment set up. up like beautifully bed, t- like dining room table, the like living room, food in the fridge, everything. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I was straight up with you about that. And then actually right from there, we left to another this was the crazy trip that you dragged me on i didn't know what i was getting into with this one but going to columbia hold on how about the neighbors in nova scotia oh that's a good one my dad didn't tell us this until like two years later but we were so we're at i mean we had just been started dating i can't (laughs) i can't think about it we're very into each other we were very yeah we had some some uh pm activities as as the people do, and uh, when they're first dating, you know, there's lots of uh, emotions involved, passion, etc. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. We just did our thing. Did our thing, and two years later, we're like, oh, we're gonna go back to Nova Scotia. We're telling my parents about it. We want to go back. Go save the place. And uh, I'm standing there as you're sitting there at my parents' dining room table, and he goes, oh, well. My dad goes, well, you know, this time, uh, you know, maybe close, make sure the windows in the bedroom are closed. And I'm like, we're like, what do you mean? (laughs) And I'm laughing, right? I kind of can sense where it's going. I can see Steph burying her head in her hands, but it's like she's doing now. (laughs) And then he goes, well, you know, when you guys like got up to certain things, the neighbors were like heard it all basically and then told him about it and then told my dad about it and then my dad just never told us for two years and the funniest thing it was weird just like a family thing you know and my dad's telling the story and the way he said it was so much more direct so it was hilarious it was crazy and i'm cracking up and then steph just like excused herself she's like uh, like I gotta go to the bathroom And then all of a sudden My phone starts blowing up She's like Holy shit I've never been so embarrassed In my life This is the worst thing That's ever happened to me I can't believe your dad knows I'm like Well surely he knows That those sort of things happen But I know but now he thinks I'm a freak <laughs> 
Well, then he's happy like for me, Like, he has an idea in his head. You know what I mean? And I don't like that. <laughs> he, he, has a, <laughs> he has an idea in his head of the type of person I am in the PM. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? I understand what you're saying. I mean... Like, some people are silent. Some people are vocal. Now he knows for a fact which one of those two I am. <laughs> That puts him one step closer to knowing how I am in the PM, and I don't like that. I, I mean, that's fair, but... Look, I want... Dean, I'm a virgin. That's the truth. <laughs> we were just pillow fighting. Yeah. Well, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then after that trip, you dragged me to... Um, Colombia. Colombia. I didn't know if I was going to go, remember? And then the last second, I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. I'm up for an adventure. Go to Colombia. And a lot of crazy stuff happened there. A lot of uncomfortable situations. You put me on a, instead of taking a one hour flight that was like 99 bucks from Medellin to Cartagena, she's like, oh, let's just take a, or was it Cali to, to Medellin? A 10 hour bus. A 10 hour <laughs> overnight bus in a third world country through the mountains overnight. What bad could happen, right? We had this drunken, insane person who there was many open seats on the bus for whatever reason he decided to sit on the floor beside our seats which are at the very back. Oh also we were like let's make this interesting. Let's let's booze it up a little before you oh get on this my bus. God what? Dude, we yes. were an hour and a half into this trip, this 10 hour trip, we're sober again. <laughs> feeling so gross because we're like having we never got to go to sleep but we're hungover yeah and sweating profusely it was so it was warm. so hot there's no ac in that and bus. the curves oh just weaving through the mountains going way too fast these people were just like trying to set a record of how, of how fast they could get there military checkpoints dude every two hours a bunch of dudes with ak-47s come on and go show me all your open your bag show me show your, your show me your fucking passport i'm like where the hell are we this is the most insane thing ever i'm like so not safe i'm the only white guy on the whole bus steph blends in fine you know they're asking me questions i'm just like trying not to speak english because i don't want them to be like oh tourist let's let's fucking get this guy you know take all his money and uh yeah at one point they come on the bus and this freaking guy he's like <laughs> they're they're like uh you know they make you all show your id and then they make this guy show his id and they're like so this has been expired for 15 years <laughs> and the, the guy and I, I i couldn't hear this so steph was translating it for me and he goes oh well okay you want me to get off the bus and then the, the cops were like well that's not what we said but like we were just need to ask you a couple questions about your id he's like look if you want me to get off the bus i'll get off the bus like sir relax this is not what we said and the guy's like you know what i'll get off the bus <laughs> and then they're like okay like it really seems like you'd like to get off the bus so why don't you get off the bus and this was perfect timing for us because he had been blocking the bathroom door oh at the back of that like coach bus for six hours at this point yeah and we had to use the bathroom and I'm like, I don't want to get stabbed. Yo, he was this drinking guy's so much. Dude, he was, this guy was just crying. I don't know where he kept pulling them from because he didn't have any bag. It's in his underwear or something. But he had, and he had endless hard. beers, endless beers. And, it, and he was just tossing them up the bus when he was done. So every time the bus would take a turn, you'd hear like with all the, the, all the cans moving there. around the bus. It was totally insane. Um, what else crazy happened on that trip? I don't think. Well, I mean, we we went to Colombia to train with a with a with a team with the national weightlifting team. That was actually that really was cool. Fun. That was really cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, we we. Uh, that was, else? I mean, that was a, a relationship tester for sure. Early on, 
That was it like was. putting the relationship in a time machine. It was. We, we really learned how to solve conflicts. And by that, I just mean me making fun of Hayden when he's angry. <laughs> Hayden, oh, there was one really good yeah. example got, of that on that trip. Hayden and I were rushing to the airport. Stop looking at your phone, bro. It's me who's talking. Go on. Uh, so hey, we're rushing to the airport. Obviously, we, we didn't wake up in time. But hey, FYI, we have a 99.99% uh record record of making our flights yeah we've, we've just missed one this that was recent too we had a perfect record it? ohio that was yeah no ohio was it yeah what happened it was some stupid technicality too mm-hmm. oh because we tried to you do- had a bag we had to do curbside check-in because you had a bag and then, for but there was for some reason curbside check-in couldn't take the the bag. Yeah, well, so they made us go to the counter. Story. Hold on, hold on. We got we can't leave these people hanging. Okay, they, they got to know you don't. If you're late, skip curbside check-in because if anything goes wrong at curbside check-in, curbside check-in, you're fucked. Yeah. But if you go to the counter, those are the people who can make the decisions. Right. So they send us to the people who can make the decisions. Mm-hmm. At which point we were then too late to check a bag. Right. But then it didn't matter because we just went to the Admirals Club, the American Express. Oh, the lounge. the Centurion Lounge. Yeah, the and lounge. it was quite nice. Yeah, I could. I mean, I might just book a flight just to go hang out there and then Same. leave the airport. So, <laughs> yeah. So Hayden and I rush into the airport, trying not to miss this flight. Hayden's being all grumpy, like <laughs> that's what I hear when he's arguing with me. It was like and the fifteenth time she made us late on this. Me, of course, of course, me. But anyone who knows both Steph and I knows who's making who late. So, bro, you've been making myself me late lately, and you know it. It's not true. It's true. All right. Well, I, I, we can't really solve that on okay, here. But okay. you know what? I let's agree to disagree. Yeah, we're gonna start on X and checks. No, you know, <laughs> see who made late. But anyway, uh, Hayden's, you know, bitching at me for he's all mad because he's probably hungry or something like that. <laughs> and this particular room in Colombia was unique in that it had, for some reason, it had a bathtub in the middle of no, the room. No, a shower. A shower with kind of like a bath. Like it was like like a deep, it wasn't even a bath. It was like a deep shower. Like it had like a a, a step. It was a step. That's why you, that's why it happened. Yeah, it was like, um... It, like a locker room shower is what it reminded me of. Well, whatever. It was in the mid- It was just a bed and then the shower right in front of the bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the floor was tile. And Hayden's like bitching and like arguing with me from the shower. And I'm like, oh my God, just like for God's sake, just stop arguing. Let's just get the hell out of here. And he keeps <laughs> like that, you know, like an old man. And he just gets off the shower as he's still <laughs> Uh, with a towel wrapped <laughs> wrapped around his uh, waist, and then in the middle of one of his, rah, 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 he just slips and goes like, oh, you know, like kind of like, like in, the, in the movies where like the feet start like going like like sliding all all over the place, and like the arms are flailing back like, oh, and that lasted about like six seconds at least. And <laughs> yeah, then, right. Yeah, yeah. You know how long six seconds of yeah. doing that is? Yeah, it was like, oh, whoa, like that. And then he just kind of like slipped and then landed on your stomach mm-hmm. with your butt in the air. My bear. Bear butt in the air. 
Yeah. And you just like are laying there on the ground <laughs> and you're just so disappointed in yourself. You're like, it took oh. all of the wind out of my, my sails in terms of that argument. Yeah. But and, and it, I just started, we both started just cracking up. Cracking up. And so I'm hard. like, and I'm like, sorry, but I cannot take you seriously right now. Like you're a full grown man. <laughs> Bare naked on the floor on on your face, and the fact that I was upset prior to that happening is what made it so great. Yeah, I was like, you just look like an angry baby, like a big angry baby, like a big angry baby. (laughs) Yeah, (sighs) that was funny. Yeah, that was a shot to the pride. But you know what? We ended up getting out of the uh, the thing. And guess what, my baby? Sprinting made the flight. Yeah, yeah, made the flight. Made the flight. As per usual. As per usual. Always fly with carry-on uh, only. Yeah. If you have problems being on time. We learned that one. Right. Yeah. We got anything else? For that trip? <laughs> Just life. We have so many things about life, but we should save for another episode because we're starting to get tired. Yeah, right. I'm over it. What time is it? Like how much? How- Almost six. <laughs> well, hey. do we have any like... Let's go Florida, man. Yeah, well, he's, well, well, he's pulling up Florida, man. Did you see what's going on with John Jones? He quit the UFC? Yeah, pretty much. Did he quit the much. UFC kind of like McGregor or like... I think guy? he's giving up his belt because he has the belt right now. Why? And Because he wants to do a super fight with Francis Ngannou. Uh, like move up a weight class to fight that guy, which he's willing to do. But he's like, this is a super fight. And I've been being underpaid in all of my previous fights. Like I'm the most winningest fighter in the, all of the UFC. And I'm not being paid accordingly. You know, mind you, he's had a, you know, he's tested positive like two or three times. And John Jones? Yeah. And he's had a few other issues. But, um, you know, he's like, he, he thinks that he deserves a certain amount of pay. And then they're not going to give that to him for the fight Dana White said. So he's like, you know what? I'm out. You know, he's like, there's a lot of ways. Like, I'm one of the best fighters in the world. There's a lot of other ways for me to make money. I don't need the UFC. Wow. That's he's like, he's like, he said, he said. That he could probably do. He's like, I could probably make more in my first match in professional boxing than I have made in my like last five fights How in is UFC. How's that possible? Do they pay better in boxing or what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Way better. Really? Way better. Way more. Dude, some of those guys make like McGregor made like a hundred million off that off that fight. It's nowhere near what they they're making off of. Yeah, I think he made seven off his last fight with Cowboy Cerrone or something like that. Plus, wow. like the sponsorships is where they're making a lot of money and bonuses and all that stuff. But uh, the just no the, the prize purses for winning fights in boxing are way bigger. I had no idea. Yeah, That's look, look, crazy. look at Floyd Mayweather. Some Floyd Money Mayweather. He's like one of the right. one of the wealthiest athletes of all, all time. That's crazy. Yeah, but I feel like the UFC's been getting a lot of heat from their their uh, fighters lately. Like everybody's become more vocal. Social media is so big now; they can't really just get away with screwing people anymore because they all talk and they all know. Like, if X fighter that's ranked this le- like at this level is getting paid X amount, I know what I should get paid relative to that. You know, or at least they think they do. So there's a lot more transparency, and it's a lot harder for them to like get guys on the cheap. Right. What do you got for a C? Huh? I'm trying to find one that's like current from this year. We're kind of dry. There's no. There's one. I guess every Florida man's are being quarantined. Maybe the one of the most recent one was a a naked Florida man spent 24 hours vandalizing a school. 
Oh, you know, we had we, naked dude, Florida we met, man. We met a Florida woman today. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're out there boxing where we're, Steph and I have been uh, training boxing just to mix it up. We're out there with our coach on the street and, uh, this woman who we've had a few issues with, we, she's basically the neighborhood Karen, except for she's not from our neighborhood. She just chooses to come over to our side of the neighborhood and be a dick and yell at everybody for the stuff they're doing over here. It's like, Hey, how would you just stay in your neighborhood then? And then you don't have to worry about what we're doing over here. But anyway, so we're in the street and like literally picture this, you have me and Steph, two people in the middle of a road. And this woman stops maybe like 20, 30 feet from us and goes, can you move off of the road, please? And we're like, pardon me. Like, what are you, why are you skinny fedora wearing weirdo? <laughs> and she just starts yelling. She just starts screaming at us. She's like, can you get off the road? And we're like, no, like walk around I us. I said, get off the road. I know. We actually have it all on camera. Caesar Do you not it. hear me? Get off the road. Yeah. Yeah. She's just freaking out on us. Um, and yeah. And then what happened? Call the police. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to yeah. call the police. We're like, okay, please do. What uh, are you going to say, lady? What are you going to say? There's these two kids um, <laughs> practicing their boxing in front of their property. When we played street hockey growing up, we would literally take entire streets. Like we'd put one net in the middle of the road on one side, then separate it the length of however long we wanted, like, you know, 100 feet, 150 feet, put another net, and then we'd have full teams, like five people versus five people and two goalies, like entire games on the street. And then if a car came, we would just go car and everyone would move out of the way, you know, which is the same thing we do with boxing, except there's only two of us. Like how many people just bike by us or whatever when we're doing that? Yeah. You know, it's just like this, this one of those grumpy. Was it because of the social distancing that she wanted us to move out of the way? No, but that's the same, that's the same woman who she's always like, speed walking yeah i know and she was the woman who she totally didn't understand <laughs> the, how those masks work so anyone who understands those masks the point of everybody wearing the mask is so that it limits how far your breath goes that's what face cover is for right so you're protecting other people from your potential what you potentially have and that's why if everybody wears them it's an effective way to limit the spread of coronavirus but this woman would be speed walking and she'd hold a mask in her hand. And whenever she got near someone, she would put on the mask as to protect herself from, you know, people walking by who possibly had coronavirus. And it's like, Hey lady, that's not how it works. Also don't speed walk in a fedora. Um, but yeah, you know, just one of those people, you know, just one of those people has a problem with that. She's also like, she's bitched at us for the dogs being off leash and uh, other stuff like that too. You know, it's just, no. just one of those. You can't make them happy. They just, they're happy being unhappy. Right. You know, can't relate. No. Can't relate. Life yeah. rips. Life rips. As they say. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good spot to uh, leave it off on. That was a great story. Honestly, WWE one's good. Yeah. And uh, same with my ass in the air in Columbia. Yeah. It's good times. Hey, uh, for all of you who are listening, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please share it on your social medias, tag at Hybrid Unlimited. It would mean a lot to us so we can gain a little bit more traction. Oh, we um, love that. We love the shares. You yeah, take Hybrid Unlimited and tag us in your posts, all that good stuff. We do. We've been doing really, really good in terms of uh, downloads and listens. And, uh, you know, 
thank you so much for any for everyone who tunes in for our episodes but if you're enjoying them please share so that we can continue growing the audience and uh, we'll keep working hard to continue bringing value and bring people that are interesting for you guys to uh, tune into the conversation yeah and don't forget to leave us a five-star review yeah please do all right catch you guys next time